time. Well, today is the concluding message of our series called Unboxed. Turn to your neighbor and say, get out of the box. You know, from time to time, we need to get out of our box. We need to step out of our comfort zone. We need to unbox our faith. And that's what we've been learning in this series. It's really been a series of faith. It's been a faith-building um, series of messages. And uh, last weekend, uh, man, it was awesome. We had 15 people that demonstrated their faith publicly through the waters of baptism. Amen? People who stepped out in faith, um, trusted the Lord in an area uh, of obedience in their lives um, last weekend. And so an incredible, incredible um, witness and testimony of that. And today what I want to do for a few moments is I want to continue with that. And, and it's really important that we understand why we should unbox what we would refer to as unboxing our faith through giving. You know, sometimes when we think about giving, we don't all, we don't Maybe we don't always necessarily see giving as an act of faith. Maybe we see it maybe it's just something we're supposed to do. But the Bible is very, very clear. It's a trust issue. It's a faith issue. And that's what faith is all about. Because Jesus said, or excuse me, I said, excuse me, the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please who? God. You see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. In fact, here's what I want to do. I want to unbox something that I think you'll find very, very encouraging. Um, I received a, several letters actually just recently from some of our ministry partners because we made year-end um, contributions through year-year-end giving. And so we give a tithe, which is 10% of our total revenue as a church. We give it back out to help support local and national and global missions. And I received um, a letter from the president of a ministry organization called Choices Women's Clinic um, that we've been supporting through the years. And um, it was a really touching letter. I won't go into all the details, but um, she basically just wanted to thank us for our gift that we made and invested into their ministry as a church. And she said there was a girl by the name of Amanda that actually walked in without an appointment. She actually found Choices Women's Clinic through Googling on her phone. She was scared to death, 20 years of age, um, and she felt like she potentially could be pregnant, did not know, but she was terrified, scared, did not know what to do, and she stumbled, stumbled upon uh, Choices Women's Clinic. She happened to go in that day, and she, of course, was embraced and, and loved upon, and they were able to do an ultrasound to confirm the fact that she was indeed pregnant, and when she found out that she was pregnant, she heard the, the heartbeat of her baby. She just wept. She sobbed. She just threw her hands in her face, and she just had a moment of just reality, and she didn't know all the options and the opportunities and the choices that were available to her, and after the, the team there at Choices Women's Clinic explained to her the risks that were involved through aborting her child and, 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 and the repercussions of that, they said, Here, here's, a, here's a way that you can, you can make this a, an incredible, life-changing experience for you and for your baby. What well, ended up being that this girl gave her heart and gave her life to Jesus Christ. She ended up keeping her baby. And uh, the, the lady just said, Amanda left choices with a choice for life, a choice for eternal life, and a choice to come back to enter into their program there. So glory to God, your giving helps save a life. Amen? So I just want to say thank you for, for that. 
And then, of course, many of us, we've all been, uh, our hearts been heavy uh, through the loss of one of the great uh, patriarchs of the faith and modern, uh, really, history and generations. Um, Billy Graham, Evangelist Billy Graham, is now with the Lord. And, and um, you know, we've been supporting Samaritan's Purse. Um, Billy, uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, uh, started that organization. And he sent us a note as well. Um, and basically just wanted to say, hey, just got back from Bangladesh, uh, providing disaster assistance relief there, and the Rohingya refugees that they were reaching out to, over 20 tons of medical supplies and equipment, along with backpacks and supplies, and also, also giving them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them are giving their lives to Jesus Christ through Samaritan's Purse. Lives are being saved. Lives are being changed because of your faithfulness and your generosity. So I love the fact that you can't outgive God, and I love the fact that you don't give to a church, you give through a church. Amen? I love the fact that what we give goes right back out to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. So let's give a yay God and yay you for that. Um, just for being available and, and letting God use you. And so when, you, when I talk about unboxing our faith and specifically how that relates to giving, I think so often we, we miss really the, 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 the greater, I think the greater lesson that God wants us to understand when it comes to the whole issue of giving. You know, what's interesting is that Jesus talked about money more than any other topic, more about faith, more, more so than prayer, um, he, he, he spoke to the subject of money. And why did he do that? Because Jesus understood the connection between money and our heart. And that's the reason why he said in, in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either you'll hate one and, and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other, but you cannot serve both God and money. The reason why he emphasized that is because he understood that where your treasure is, there your heart, your affections, your attention will be also. In other words, whatever is most important to you, your emotions will drift in that direction. Your feelings, your emotions will be attached to whatever is perceived value to you. So if your focus is on material things and money and possessions and pleasure and all the things that money can buy, that's where your attention, that's where your affection, that is where your feelings will follow. And that's why Jesus emphasized the fact, you know, where your treasure is, whatever is most important to you, what you value is where your time, where your attention, where your devotion, and where your commitment is going to be. And that's the reason why, most importantly, he wanted us to understand that our, our time, our focus, our attention, our affection should ultimately be on God. Now, I want to just get real with you and share a little personal testimony about this area and how Michelle and I struggled with this. Uh, when we first got married, uh, we didn't see eye to eye on this particular issue. And I uh, always encourage young couples who are uh, getting ready to get married, hey, make sure you are on the same page about how you view money, how you spend money, and specifically as it relates to the biblical principle of tithing. Make sure you are on the same page. Well, Michelle and I did not, um, we were not on the same page when we first got married. She was all about giving. She was all about tithing. That was a very important uh, area in her heart. It was a conviction of hers. And uh, I'll have to be honest with you, it was not necessarily a deep conviction of mine. I had a, I had, I guess, a mindset, um, and I was already in the ministry. I had a mindset that, that, the, that the money we earned 
was, was God's blessings to us, and therefore it was our money, and it was, it was important that we, that we live on that, and we do the best we could to, to steward that, but a part of living on that was a part of God's provision, which all of that was true, but I was unwilling to give a tithe. In other words, I was unwilling to give 10% of our in- income, and the reason why I was so terrified by that, and the reason why it created uh, uncomfortable moments in our, in our conversations uh, in the early stages of our marriage is simply because I was gripped with fear. My attitude was, we can't afford to do that. Michelle's attitude was, we can't afford not to do that. And I remember things she used to say to me, and it used to tick me off. I'll just be honest with you, it made me mad. She would say things like this, and it used to cut me to the core. She'd say, well, Rodney, I just want you to know. She said that I would rather live on 90% of what, of what we make and, 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 and be 100% inside the will of God than to live on 100% of what we make and live outside the will of God. Well, that would make some interesting conversations. And then she would say things like this. She would say, well, Rodney, all I know is that you're to be the spiritual leader of our home, and I'm going to wait on you to take the lead in this important area of our marriage. Well, that makes for some lonely lunches and dinners. But I'm telling you the truth. I had an issue of fear. And it wasn't that I did not want to. I wanted to. But I was paralyzed by fear. Because I was convinced that we could not afford it. And yet when God did a work in my heart and I took the step of faith and I unboxed this area of my life and trusted God was something that I was absolutely terrified to do, here's what God began to do. God began to demonstrate his faithfulness to me. God began to show himself strong to me. And I have testimony after testimony of what God has done in and through our lives, how God has used this now to strengthen our relationship, not just with each other as a husband and wife, most importantly, strengthening our relationship with God because now our relationship is totally built on faith and trust and obedience. And we've learned Listen, through the tens of thousands of dollars we've given over the last 17 and a half years here at Rethink Life, just giving to the Lord through our church, guess what? We have learned this important principle, you cannot outgive God. God blesses over and over and over. And often in ways that sometimes it's even hard to explain, but you just know because of the blessings that, that you're receiving in the moment, that is nothing but the hand of God and his favor upon our lives. And I just want to say to you, you know what? Today, I know that sometimes when we think about unboxing something that, that especially in the area of giving, we think, well, man, that just doesn't make sense. Well, that's what faith is all about. Sometimes faith doesn't make sense. That's the reason why we're to live by faith and not by sight. We're to trust the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. So I want to give you something today I think will be helpful. If you take a notes today, here's, here's the sermon in a sentence. I like to say it this way. Sacrificial giving leads to supernatural living. Sacrificial giving always leads to supernatural living. In other words, if you want God to put his super on your natural, then start living your life sacrificially. Start giving sacrificially and watch what God will do. It's an incredible story in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44, that Jesus told 
And it's, it's, it's an actual story that occurred, a moment that he used really to teach a very, very important lesson about unboxing your faith, and especially in the area of giving. And in Mark chapter 12, it's often referred to uh, as, or, or the story is told as the widow's mite. And, um, and, and, and Jesus goes on to say, he says, Jesus went over to the collection box in the temple and sat and watched as crowds dropped in their money. And many rich people put in large amounts. And then a poor widow came and dropped in, some translations say two mites. In this case, it was basically like two pennies. These were copper coins that were the smallest in circulation, smallest form of currency, and also the smallest in value. These were, this was currency that was actually designed exclusively for the Jews. It was not Roman money. It was, it was, it was, it was currency designed for the Jews to use. And, and, and through the situation... This widow brought with her two mites. Basically, it was just a fraction, it was worth the fraction of a penny. He called his disciples to him and he said, I assure you, this poor widow has given more than all the others have given. For they've given a tiny part of their sur- surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything she has. So there are basically three things that I want us to unpack or unbox from her story, and that is this. Number one, she gave lovingly. Here is a poor widow who came that day into what is referred to as the court of women. There were multiple courts inside the temple, and not everybody was permitted uh, from one court to another. And on this particular outer court, known as the court of women, it was one of the designated places where women were able to come And because of that, they would often bring their children. Families would congregate. But it also happened to be inside the court of women was the temple treasury. So therefore, people would come and they would bring their offerings. So here you have this this large uh, hall, if you will, this, this, this courtyard. And here is a poor widow who came really under the radar. Nobody really saw her. Nobody really paid any attention to her. But she came that day, and what she did is she brought an offering. Why? Because it was her act of worship. You see, here was a widow that came out of a heart of worship because she wanted to faithfully worship the Lord through giving. And at the end of the day, that is what giving is. It's an act of worship. That's what worship is. Worship is our response to God. God so loved, he gave his one and only son. So you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. God so loved, he gave He gave his one and only son to die, to spill his blood on a cross for your sins and for mine, to be placed into a tomb and three days later to come back to life so that we could live a life here on earth, having salvation, being right right with God, knowing forgiveness, having purpose to live for, and an eternal home in heaven. And so when you think about what God gave to us, And why wouldn't we want to have a response where we live our lives in gratitude and thanksgiving because of who he is and because of all that he's done for us? Well, here was a widow who came. As poor as she was, she came and she gave an offering. Why? Because it was a heart of worship. It was her act of worship. It was her devotion unto the Lord. And that's what John 14 verse 15 is all about. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. On that particular day when she came and brought her offering, she came not because she had to, she came because she wanted to. It was an act of worship. 
She came that day because God was first in her life, and that's what tithing is all about. Deuteronomy tells it like this in Deuteronomy 14, verse 23. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. The second thing we learn about this woman is the fact that she not only gave lovingly, but she also gave willingly. Keep in mind, here's a widow who was poor. She was destitute. She lost her husband. She had no one to provide for her. She had nothing. And yet she came that day willing to give what she did have. I think so often we focus on what we don't have, and God is often saying to us, are you willing to trust me with what you do have? I'll never forget years ago, and some of you have heard this story before. I'll tell it again. But our son Luke... Uh, when he was uh, at the age of riding in a car seat, uh, and he was at the, at the point in the age where he was uh, facing uh, basically the, the, the back of the driver's seat. So I could see him out of the rearview mirror. Well, I'd bought him some of his favorite candy called Nerds. And how many of you like Nerds? Well, you know, Nerds is you know, candy in a box. And so I got him some Nerds. And so uh, I'm watching him as I'm driving down the road, and he's eating his Nerds. And, you know, a little kid, and, you know, he, he's, got, he's got juice just flowing down his mouth and his face, down his neck and on his clothes. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, that's miserable. He's making a mess. And I'm watching all this out of the rearview mirror. And so I said, and I reached back. I said, hey Luke, let me have some nerds. And all of a sudden he clenched his little box of nerds and he went like this. I said, come on Luke, give me some nerds. And he just refused to give me any nerds. I thought to myself, well, well that little nerd, I can't believe that. So I thought, you know, as a dad, well man... If, if, if I really, really wanted to, I could, have, I, could have, I could have yanked that box of nerds out of his hands. I, I could have, you know, I could have, um, you know, not only taken those nerds from him, but I could have reminded him those weren't even his nerds in the first place. I'm the one who bought those nerds with my money. So they weren't even his. If I wanted to, I could have pulled the car off, you know, on the side of the road or maybe gone, you know, I should say gone to like a grocery store or something and could have gotten more nerds. In fact, I could have rained nerds all over him if I wanted to. But I think so often what God is trying to do is he's trying to see whether or not we're willing to trust him and he's testing us in our faith. And, and God is saying, are you willing to give me what you do have as an act of, of love and devotion? Are you willing to put me first place in your life by giving me what I have blessed you with already? And I think so often our response to God is we're holding what we think is only ours. And we think, no, no, I'm not. And so God is looking at our willingness. He wants to know, do you have a willing heart to give what you do have. Don't focus on what you don't have. No focus on what you do have. And are you willing to honor God with what you do have? I love what 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12 says. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has. Not according to what he does not have. So God is looking at your heart. And he's asking the question like this widow. Are you willing to give what you do have. The third thing we learn about this widow is this. We learn that not only did she give lovingly, not only did she give willingly, but she also gave sacrificially. And here's, here's what's interesting about this story. You have this large hall, this, this, this courtyard 
And you have all of these people, a lot of commotion, people coming in and out. I can only imagine the echo in the hallway of just the, the, the volume of people talking and all the chatter and everything going on. But then you have all of these boxes, these offering boxes that are scattered throughout uh, the, the hall. And the Bible says that the, the scribes, the, the religious leaders came in. And these people, and they had, you know, they, they, had a, they had fat pocketbooks, if you will. And they liked to showcase that. So they, they wanted to make sure everybody was watching, everybody was paying attention when they gave their offering, and they would kind of throw in their big coins in there to make the big noise, the big clanging sound, and, you know, as though, you know, like, hey, look at what we just did, you know, and they were kind of puffed with pride, and yet Jesus saw what was going on, and even though all the people were recognizing the, the offering that the, that the religious leaders were making, Jesus noticed something that everybody else overlooked. And it was a poor widow that came in. She was destitute. She had nothing but two mites left to her name. She came that day with a loving heart. She wanted to honor and worship her Lord. She came willing that day to give what she did have. And on that day, sacrificially, she gave her last two coins into the offering box. Worth hardly anything. Listen. Nobody saw it. Nobody noticed it. And even though it may have been the smallest amount given, Jesus told his disciples what she gave was greater than all the other gifts because what she gave was given with the greatest sacrifice. And I think so often we fail to realize that when we bring our tithe, when we bring our offerings unto the Lord, listen, we come with not just a heart of obedience, but we come to God because we understand the fact that what he did for us, the greatest sacrifice of all, that cost God everything, we, should, we, we too should come unto the Lord with an attitude of gratitude, but with an offering that actually cost us something. King David had sinned before the Lord. He had, he had fallen into temptation. Satan actually had tempted uh, David to do some things that, that David knew in his heart he wasn't supposed to do, but he did it anyway, and it ended up costing him. He was gripped with, with conviction, and he wanted to make it right with, with the Lord. And God had sent plagues upon his own people. L literally, people were sick, and they were dying, and, and David wanted to make things right. And he was begging God to stop and to turn back the plague to save his people and so David, King David, went to a property owner and he said, I need this property. I want to buy this property because I want to build, build an altar and I want to I sacrifice unto the Lord and, and I want to make an offering unto the Lord. And, and so that the property owner said, well, here, King, take it. It's yours. And David simply said these words to that landowner. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I want to pay it in full because I don't want to bring an offering unto the Lord that cost me nothing. I think when you look at what we bring unto the Lord, the bigger question is, are we bringing our gifts sacrificially? That causes us to live by faith. In other words, we're giving to the point of saying, God, I don't necessarily have it to give, but this is what I know that you are moving upon my heart to do. And because I'm going to step out in faith and trust you, God, I'm asking you to bless my obedience. God, I'm asking you, as I sacrificially give to help me supernaturally live according to your will.
me tell you something. Sacrificial giving always leads to supernatural living. And if you don't believe that, well, it's the only place in all the Bible, Malachi, Malachi 3, where God says, let me, let me prove it to you. Let me show you. Test me in this area. During week one of our series, we, we encourage people, you know, to, to step out in faith in, in, in this area of their life if they've never done it. And I want to just say this to you as well. Maybe you weren't here on that day and you're new today and, and maybe you haven't been in a part of all of the, the messages in the series. But can I just encourage you today to unbox this area of your life and trust God to be God. Listen, don't put God in a box. God's bigger than your box. He is. And we have to be willing to step out in faith and trust Him in this, in this important area. And we're going to break it down and show you even more specifically in a very easy and practical, convenient way and how you can do that here in a few moments. But I want you to understand the principle behind it. It's so that we come into the Lord as an act of worship. He's got first place in our hearts and our lives. We're saying, God... I'm living by faith because I know that without faith, it is impossible to please you. And I want to please you with all of my heart. I want to live inside your will, your good, pleasing, and perfect will for my life. And if we do that, I promise you, God's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to bring joy to your heart. And when you see God intervene, when you see God move, when you see God do the unthinkable, You'll know that was God. God did that. It couldn't have been anything else but God. And you'll begin to connect the dots and say, God is blessing me for my obedience. So I want to encourage you today, if you've never stepped out in faith and honored the Lord in this area, I want to encourage you to make that a commitment and make it a priority. Just step out in faith and trust Him in this area. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to give sacrificially. Sometimes there are times when, you know, you can say, God, I'm being faithful in this area, but there's an opportunity here that I feel led to be a part of. And God, would you lead me? Would you show me what you want me to do over and above so that I can even make a greater difference? Why is that important? Because the Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 8. Remember this. Turn to your neighbor, look at him and say, remember this. Look at him. Remember this. Remember this. Paul said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, notice carefully, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So what I want you to do is pray about giving above and beyond and sowing into our future. Many of you know we have a vision one day to have a place of our own. I'm talking about a campus with land place that serves as a permanent place that we own. And it's a place that can be used of God to, to reach future generations. It's a place that, that God can use to, to be a, a broadcast location for us to be able to share the message in other locations, future locations around Central Florida and beyond. 
It's a place that gives us the, the space and the, the, the flexibility to do things throughout the calendar year that allows us to make an even greater impact through the outreach opportunities that we provide. And here's the thing I want you to pray about. I want you to pray that God will open that door sooner than later, and here's the reason why. Because let me tell you something. Land is scarce. We've been looking and searching and doing everything we can to find property, and I believe with all my heart that there's going to be something that God is going to reveal to us, and He's going to say, this is the place, this is the moment, now is the opportunity. And we want, we want to be able to, to, to answer when opportunity knocks. And that's the reason why we continue to set aside money over and above that, that you have faithfully given towards. And we've designated through our landmark initiative, we have approximately $145,000 that we've set aside. And we're just continuing to faithfully sow into that because we know that one day we're going to have an opportunity and we want to be cash ready and we want to be able to seize the moment. So our vision can happen sooner rather than later. But here's what you need to understand. Listen, the pace of our vision is 100, 100% dependent upon the pace of our giving. So supernatural living will occur when we're willing to step out in faith through sacrificial giving. And so today, let's pray and say, God, what would you have me do? God, how can I sow? And how can I invest how can I be used to make an eternal difference in generations to come for your kingdom and for your glory? I want us to bow our heads together today.